Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 47, Don't Lie to Your Kids. Can you believe we are in episode 47? What is going on? My B-Fry Allison and I, our favorite number is 47. She's freaking out right now. Whenever she sees the number 47, she does the happy dance. And so I cannot do episode 47 without giving a shout out to Allie. Allie in the house, in the his house. So I want to tell you about a friend that I had. And I'm going to say have too, because it's one of those friends that's kind of like super close, super tight, and then kind of drift apart. But then you're in the same circle. So you kind of have to be together at like birthday parties and weddings. And there's no bad blood. I would just say it's a little bit tense when I'm going to see this person. And don't worry, she doesn't listen to the podcast. And it's just been strained over the years. And so I always have to, I always feel like I have to be on guard. You know, the, you know, like when you just can be yourself and let your hair down and just be you, boo, there's nothing more relaxing than that. Well, this friend, sometimes I have to be on guard and I just feel like if she's going to be at a certain place that I'm going to be at, I kind of get like that agitated on my belly. You ever gotten that before? I'm like, oh dear, I hope I say the right things. I hope I do the right things. It's almost like I want to be perfect, which is crazy because then I act more awkward and creepy and weird. And so back in our heyday when we were super tight, she would come over to my house and she just would kind of, um, I don't know, be super critical, but not in a direct way. It was more subtle, like, oh my goodness, look at these pictures of you guys on the wall. Because I have our pictures from our annual photo shoot as a family. I have them blown up into canvases. Canvas on demand is amazing. And I have them blown up into canvases and they're on our wall. And so she'd come over and say, oh my gosh, where'd you get these? And I'm like, oh, Canvas on Demand, they're amazing. Ty Pennington, I think. I think that's his name from Extreme Makeover. He's the one that turned me on to them and I've never used anybody else other than them. These are so cute. I love them. And then it will be like, were you pregnant in this picture? I'm like, uh, no, I'm holding both kids. How could I be pregnant in that picture? Oh, 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 Grady's like one or there. Your face looks really chubby in that picture. I'm like, what? Okay. Is that it? She's like, it just, I don't know. It just seems okay. Yeah. It's such a cute. And it was almost like a, it was almost like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It was like the bread was amazing. It'd be like compliment, 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 dig, compliment, compliment. And it was almost one of those things where I didn't even realize it was happening until after she left. I'm like, wait, did she just throw me another bus and say I had fat cheeks in that picture? What is going on? So I was like, no, it's just my imagination. And then she might come over another time and the kids are in the pool playing and everyone's having a great time. And then I bring out chicken nuggets for the kids and life is good. And then popsicles and we're living our best life. And she's like, no, sorry. We only eat organic and celery. We don't feed our kids that junk. 
I was like, but you can. Oh, I totally understand. But you totally can. So she's like always ripping on me or like, she'd be like, oh my gosh, your house is so beautiful. Thank you. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Oh, you don't have much time to clean much anymore, do you? Since the kids have been born. I'm like, uh, no, I have plenty of time. Oh, I just thought that I just, I just like having it a little bit like the kids have been playing in here. And so this happens over and over and over. And I just sometimes didn't know how to stand up for myself. And I really didn't know how to kind of make a boundary. Have you ever been in that situation where you don't know how to make a boundary? Because it's so subtle. It's not like she comes over and says, I H-A-T-E you. I don't like that word. So I have to spell it out. Lily's like, mom, I can say the word hate. And one time we were at the park together and my kids were like fighting and arguing. And I pulled Grady to the side. Then I pulled Lily aside and they just were not getting along. And she's like, is that really how you're going to handle that? And I'm like, uh, and it's like this underlying, I don't know what you mean by what you're saying. What are you talking about? I'm just like, I don't know. I've seen that on some shows and that's what like loser moms do, but you do you boo. And I'm like, what? I, they're arguing. And I, I think I'm doing the right things and I'm following all the books and I'm doing what I think is right. And so over time, this is, do you see why I'm now on guard when we have to be like at a baby shower? I haven't been a baby shower in forever, but I always say baby showers or like at a dinner party or if I see her at a birthday party for the kids. Thank goodness Lily's getting older where it's not like these huge birthday parties that all the moms are hanging around talking because that's when she would get me the most. That was when she would like give all her zingers, but they were interrupted by so many compliments and people walking up and talking. And I was just like, I just feel on edge and I feel awkward. And so then, yeah, I was super critical about my kids. I'm like, when we are with Susie Q, I'll just say Susie Q. When we are with Susie Q, you have got to be on your best behavior. You have got to say please. You've got to say thank you. It was almost like a show. And then David would know that I'd be all jammed up if she was coming over for a barbecue. And I'm like, David, this house has to be spotless. And it, 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 and that's my energy. He's like, chill, girl. I'm like, I know, but I just can't. And my kids were like walking in eggshells. I'm like, dang, mom, what's going on with you? So then I finally confronted my friend and I said, enough is enough. It's subtle, but it's very obvious. You're not a big fan of me. And she admitted she'd been a little hard on me. And then it all came out. That friend was actually me. Me, the way that I talked to myself and sometimes still do. But I now catch myself. I was bullying myself. And so when I was bullying myself with the, you need to eat organic, you need to have a perfect house, you need to look good in all the pictures, you need to not have chubby cheeks, you need to be the perfect mom, you can't be a loser mom, you have to have your kids behave all the time. I felt like the Stepford Wives in my own life. I felt like a robot that I needed to be this perfect version of myself. And then when it wasn't A+, that's when my bully would come out. Isn't that crazy? Like you hear that story and you're probably like, if you're driving in the car, well, you're probably not allowed to drive anywhere, but if you're walking or you're listening to this while you're cleaning, or if you're driving around in circles in your car because of the quarantine, you're probably like, why would Kelly hang out with someone like that? And so I tell that story so you can see how crazy it is that beating ourselves up is completely crazy talk. And when we say it out loud, like a friend is saying it to us, we're just aghast. Like, what are you talking about? And I always ask you all, what we, what do you do when you have haters and when you have trolls on the internet just bagging on you because of the what you're feeding your kids or 
the Christmas lights are up too early or they stay up too late or your kids are in the wrong car seat or you're not doing organic chicken or the way you look or the way you act, the way you talk, the way you look in pictures. If I say that someone else is saying that to me, you are literally beyond shocked. So what if you have that same relationship with yourself and you have that distance and separation with yourself and you realize that you are the internet troll? You are the bully to yourself. Because I always ask you, what do you do when you have bullies online? What do you do when you have internet trolls? What do you do when you have haters? And every single one of you always tell me, you have to block them. You have to ignore them. Do not engage Do not give them any of your power, any of your energy. And so it's almost like assault. I watch Dateline and I see people getting assaulted with verbally abusive relationships. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is insane. Why would someone stand for that? But it's because that's the way they feel about themselves. So they stay for that reason. Something about it feels familiar. And so I love the quote by Anise Nin. She says, we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. Can I just drop the mic there for a minute? Let me say that again. We don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. So the reason why I say don't lie to your kids is because the way that you talk to yourself and the way that you beat yourself up and the way that you're super hard on yourself is the way that you see your kids and then you are hard on them. You beat them up with your words or your energy or your mood or your yelling. And then they think there is something wrong with them. They feel like they are not good enough. So imagine if I was in the dating pool and I said, oh, I met this really cool dude. We went on a date, except he told me that I was fat. He told me that I didn't work hard. And he told me that I was lazy and sloppy. You'd be like, um, you're not going on date number two, Kelly. Of course you would say that because that's crazy. So if someone that I'm dating isn't allowed to say that to me, then why are we allowed to say it to ourselves? Awareness is everything. Consciousness happens in three stages. The first stage is awareness where we hear it after almost, where that's where you're sleeping with mommy guilt because you feel so guilty. You were so hard on yourself. So you were so hard on your kids and you go to bed thinking, oh, tomorrow is going to be different. That's consciousness afterwards. That's why it's sometimes hard to fall asleep. Then there's consciousness that happens during, like you're in the middle of a screen fest with your kids and you're like, wait a minute. This is when I'm supposed to detach. This is when I'm supposed to do the steps. This is when I'm supposed to, this is when, this is when, this is when. And then consciousness becomes even easier and better is when you can see it happen beforehand and be very proactive about it. The same thing works with inner dialogue and inner chatter. First, we catch it after like, whoa, I let myself have it for the last hour or two. Then you catch it during, because remember, we have 60,000 thoughts a day. 80% of those thoughts will be negative without mind management, without consciousness. The brain does not like to work hard, so this will feel very uncomfortable. But it is very necessary because you cannot get from point A to point B by beating yourself up. If you've ever played sports, coaches that yell and scream and are super hard on you do not inspire and motivate you. 
coaches that tell you, you can do it. You're doing awesome. This is what you're doing really well. Let's clean up this area and let's practice shooting with your left foot. They're encouraging. They're helpful. They're compassionate. They try to figure you out. So having that same relationship with yourself is the only way to get to the next level. Whether you're trying to build a business, whether you're trying to lose weight, whether you're trying to be a nicer parent, a nicer spouse. What is it like to live with you? Ask yourself that all the time. I wake up asking myself that and I go to sleep asking myself that. What is it like to live with me from David's point of view, from Lily's point of view, from Grady's point of view, from my point of view, from Maggie's point of view? What is it like to live with me? Because then I can get kind of some distance around it and some separation And I can see my life from the outside to the in versus the in to the out. Because the brain is very egocentric. The ego is very egocentric. It's always trying to protect the little girl inside of us and the little boy inside of us. And so when we can get that distance and treat ourselves the way that we expect people around us to treat us, then life becomes super fun because we start to see ourselves as that miracle as that baby in the hospital, as that baby in the blanket, as that one in 400 trillion chance miracle of being on this planet. And once you start seeing yourself like that, then you can project that onto your kids. But if you always want to be the perfect parent, then you're always going to want your kids to be perfect too. And that is too much pressure on their shoulders. And some kids will try and try and try and they'll bend and they'll be almost on like eggshells like I was with that imaginary friend in the beginning, but they can't ever be themselves. But when we give ourselves kindness and love and grace and we change it from trying to be perfect and we're trying to get the next level by being a healthy striver versus being a perfectionistic striver, that's when life gets super fun because then you can see that in your kids and you project that into your kids. Because the episode I did about your parents lied to you allowed so many of you to cut the chains and cut the shackles of their voices ringing in your head of maybe I'm not lazy. Maybe I'm not a procrastinator. Maybe I'm not messy. Maybe I will amount to something. So many people have been told when they were little, you're never going to amount to anything. So that just echoed and echoed and echoed. But what the parents were really saying is, I feel like I haven't amounted to anything. So I need you to amount to something so I can feel like I did. And that was a lot of pressure. So when I say don't lie to your kids, I am trying to so passionately explain to you what a miracle you are, that you're doing amazing that you are more than good enough for this job. You were chosen perfectly to raise this child. When you know that you are a miracle, then you can project that and see that in your kids. Sometimes you have to see that your child is a miracle first, then you can see yourself as that. And then it's a two-way street because we don't see things as they are. We see them as we are. So the same thing works with our kids. We don't see our kids as they are. We see our kids as we are. So projection is super powerful. So that's why I'm always harping on the mom and the dad to love who you are and like who you are and create self-confidence and create discipline and create the life that you want because you have all the power in the world. 
to create whatever you want. And then when you're taking care of your side of the street, you project that pride and that excitement and that confidence and that discipline, you project it all into your kids and then you see that within them and then you illuminate that within them and then that becomes their inner dialogue and then they start to believe it and then they start to achieve it. It happens by osmosis. When we take the pressure off ourselves of being perfect, then we take the pressure off our kids to be perfect. And we're not trying to make and mold them into something that they aren't just so we can feel good about who we are as a parent, so we can feel like we're doing a good job. They are on their side of the street, and we are on our side of the street. And we just have to make sure that we don't have litter, we don't have clutter, we've picked up all our trash, we picked up all our junk, and we don't throw it over onto their side of the street. Because their street is pristine. When we got Maggie, she was just a little pup pup and our trainers came over and I was like, please help us. We've never had a dog before. We don't know what we're doing. And I kept asking, does Maggie have good energy? Is she a good pup? Did we pick the right one? Because you just have to pick it out of a litter. It's a wild guess. It's a wag. And I remember Karina, my trainer saying, there's nothing wrong with your pup. She is the exact pup you need and she is perfect. I am here to train you. I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I tell my parents all the time. Not my earth parents, but the parents that I coach, my clients. And she's like, every child is the same as every pup. They are all born into this world, perfect, whole, exactly the way they should be. Nothing is wrong with them. They are not broken and you are not broken. When you know that you are a W-H-O-L-E person, then you will see that in your kids and not look to them to fill any of your H-O-L-E-S. Like I said in a previous podcast, you are not broken. You might have a broken heart. People might have broke your expectations. But you as a human, as a soul, as a person, you are not broken. You don't need your children to fix you and make you feel like you are a miracle, that you are doing a good job. That's for you to give to yourself. And then you project that onto your kids and you don't lie to them. You see them as that perfect miracle from from God, just as you are and super flossom, flawed and awesome, all rolled in one. That's why B minus work is so fun because I think that sometimes people think they need to either be laying on the couch eating bonbons, letting the be kids letting the kids be on electronics all day, or they need to have 17 different activities planned for the entire day, all Pinterest ready. What if there's an in-between? What if there's a balance in that? What if there's a lack of pressure on our shoulders, but there's abundance of love on our shoulders? Because then we can parent from that place of contentment and love and knowing that there's nothing wrong with them. So they can't really push our buttons. They can only push on our ego and we can just separate that from them and detach and be on our side of the street. And then when something happens where we think that it's pushing our buttons, we can be like, oh, I didn't know that bottle was over there. I didn't know I needed to pick up that trash still. Then we're not parenting from fear, but we're parenting from love. And then the child feels that connection because connection is everything with kids. And I was explaining to a client the other day about what do I mean by connection? Because sometimes we think connection is doing all the things, driving them all the places, cooking all the organic food, planning all the parties, having a perfect house. That is not connection. That is just in the doing. 
A connection is something that cannot even be touched by a 150-foot pole. Your mother-in-law can't say anything about it. Your father-in-law, your mom, your dad, your greedy, greedy grandpappy. No one can take it away from you because they can go to a party and they can find fault in the party. They can find you showing up late and then you think, oh, I'm a terrible parent because I dropped them off late at practice. That has nothing to do with your worthiness and your value, nor with your connection with your child. The connection is almost like, imagine if you were dating someone at work and you had a no dating policy at your occupation, at your company. And so you go to a work party and you go to an office party. And so you and that dude or you and that girl know that you're dating, you know that you're in love, but you can't talk to each other. But you know that the connection is there because it has to be unspoken and it is unspoken. But you know, and they know, that is connection. So when your kids get older, they're not going to climb on your lap and say, oh, please read me a story. That happens when they're younger. And sometimes we push that away like, oh, I just need a minute by myself. Do not push that away. You also don't have to lose your life in the process. There is a balance. It's not like, oh, I either spend time with my kids or I have a clean house. I can't have both. So you clean and then ignore the kids or you play with the kids all day and then ignore the house. There is a balance between the two. So please do not throw the baby out with the bathwater. But when you have that connection when they're younger, they do it because they want you and they want to, I used to say, Lily wanted to climb back on my uterus because I was always trying to create this independence within her. So I was kind of pushing her away like, no, go play. No, go play. And then she'd come back up. And then I was pushing her away more versus just following her lead like she wasn't ready yet. And so now when they're older, they want connection in different ways. And so how often are we going into their world and connecting on things that mean a lot to them? Because then they're more likely to connect with us on things that matter to us. It's a two-way street. We cannot ask them to do all the things like brush your teeth, do this, do this homework, do this task, 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 because I need you to get straight A's. I need you to be well-behaved. I need, I need, I need, I need. But then when they come up and say, you want to play Mario Brothers with me? Want to shoot hoops? Want to play volleyball? want to go for a walk, they ask and they show it in different ways when they're older. And then when they're younger, they're just like, I remember my kids, I literally thought their favorite word in the world was up, 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 up. They said it over and over and over. And I wish I could go back and pick them up and love them up more than I did because I was so focused on them being independent and being well-behaved and being happy all the time but I missed so much of it. And so a lot of this podcast is from a lot of guilt that I have from those early years of I wish I would have done things differently. But now that connection is there and it's been there for years and it's untouchable. That doesn't mean they share all the things that are going on in their world. That just means that they know that connection is always there. It's almost like if you're at a gym and you're lifting heavy weights and you have a spotter. You know that that spotter's there for you when the weights get too heavy. But for the most part, as they get older, they can handle the weights on their own, but they know that you are there to spot them at any moment. When they're younger, they need lots of spotting. It's like teaching them to ride the bike. In the beginning, it's training wheels all day long. First, it starts with a three-wheeler on the ground, like way low to the ground. Then you do the training wheels. Then you're riding, running behind them, holding onto the seat. Then you're running behind them, kind of spotting them. And then you're biking next to them or you're running alongside of them. Then other times it's kind of like you're just kind of walking behind them. I got you. I got you. And then they're riding on their own 
And guess what? They still fall off their bike and that's okay because they know that you're sitting in the Adirondack chairs, just totally ready to spot them at all times because they know that the connection is there. And that connection is what is so powerful. And when you have that, you go to sleep with zero mommy guilt, even though there was so many things you might've changed, you might've done differently. You might've given them organic, you might've, and then you can do it from a place of tomorrow, I'm going to give them organic chicken if that matters to you but not from a place of, I can't believe I didn't give them organic chicken. I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. I'm a loser mom. I'm going to start all over tomorrow. That is not fun. So that healthy striving is like, you know what? Tomorrow, I think I'm going to try them with organic chicken. I think that might be better for them. I'm going to add some more vegetables into their diet. That might be fun. Do you see the different energy? You can still get from point A to point B, but you're not doing it from this like beat yourself up and being that coach who's riding you so hard because the way you see yourself is the way that you're going to see them. So when I say don't lie to them, I mean, see yourself for your miracle, see yourself for all your beauty and all your glory and all your grace and all your awesomeness. And then you're going to project that onto them. And then they're going to see themselves as that miracle. And then they will believe it about themselves. And then they will achieve it about themselves. Children become what we tell them. And we see them as we are, not as they actually are. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas. Thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting boot camp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.